The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Talking Mopars, episode number 151. On this episode, I'll be talking about my trip to Arizona for the duct tape drags. This was my first time going to that event, and I promise you that it will not be my last. It was a great time, and I'm going to tell you all about it. So without further ado, if you are a Mopar enthusiast, then you are in the right place. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into the best Mopar enthusiast-driven podcast on planet Earth, and I am your host, Chris Albrecht, better known as the Mopar Hunter, and this is Talking Mopars. You're listening to Talking Mopars with the Mopar Hunter, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Welcome back, my friends. This episode is basically just going to be a quick rundown of my trip to the duct tape drags, because like I said in the intro, it was my first time going to that event. I've had my friends Johnny Mopar and Ruben from Muscle City Madness and quite a few other people telling me how awesome the duct tape drags were. And since I did end up pulling out of the No Name Nationals and not getting out to Sykeston, Missouri for that event, which, you know, part of me regrets it because I had some friends there. And the other part of me is happy that I didn't go because I had such a great time at duct tape drags. So I'm kind of torn (laughs) because I did see that, you know, uh, it sounds from from the sounds of it and from everybody I've talked to, they had a great time at No Name Nationals. And I'm happy to hear that. I'm happy to hear the event was a success. And there's probably going to be another one. Who knows? Maybe I'll make it to next year's No Name Nationals if I'm still welcome. Um... But uh, I did get to go to duct tape drags. The plane ticket, I couldn't say no, because for one, it's closer to my home. And one of the big reasons, aside from the fuel, money, me selling the dumpster fire and all that stuff, one of the reasons why I didn't even fly out to Sykeston was because I couldn't get the Monday off and none of the flights were lining up to make it so that I could get back home at a reasonable enough time to get enough sleep to operate a commercial vehicle the next day. But my trip to duct tape allowed me to get an early enough flight home that I wouldn't be, you know, home too late, so to speak. So I managed to make it work. Plus the the flights were like 250 bucks round trip. So I couldn't say no. And Ruben offered to hook me up with a place to stay and transportation. So I couldn't say no to that either. So um, if you're not familiar with my friend Ruben from muscle city madness go subscribe to his youtube channel and uh give him a like on facebook he's a great guy super hospitable and i had never met him in person so this was also a chance for me to meet ruben um and uh also tall john my buddy tall john was down there i've only ever talked to these guys on live streams i've never met him face to face and uh when i got there they were both there to come pick me up at the airport and it was a lot of fun so let's start from the beginning My flight was Thursday morning, and I screwed up parking. So 
uh, I usually park my vehicle at the airport. And what I did was I forgot to book parking. So the parking lot was full and I didn't want to fight Seattle traffic in the morning to make my flight. So what I did is I ended up getting a ride from my dad down to the airport and staying in a really, really shitty motel. But that's all right. You know, it worked out. It was super cheap. And I did not miss my flight in the morning. But I did have like a nearly six hour layover in Las Vegas, which was boring as hell. I am I'm so disappointed in myself that I couldn't have fun in Vegas. But it's like you got six hours. I had all carry on luggage. So I'm sitting there with a bag in my suitcase. And I'm like, man, if I wanted to go have a good time in Vegas, gosh, probably at least two hours of me, you know, getting a cab and then finding a place to hang out. And then two hours to get back. So there goes four hours. I'm down to two hours of just whatever I could find to do in Las Vegas, which just wasn't enough time. So I opted to try to get some work done at the airport. Um, it, it just ended up being boring. So I finally get to fly to Arizona, short little trip from Las Vegas to Arizona and Ruben and tall John picked me up at the airport. We go over to Ruben's house, which, you know, shout out to Ruben. This guy has a spread. Okay. Uh, he's a pretty humble guy, but this is a very, very nice house. He's got a pool in the backyard with like a water slide. It, it's just awesome. I get there and his roadrunner is on the side of the house. He's got his challenger in the garage. And also our friend Big Richard's 69 Roadrunners in the garage. And they've been working on this car trying to get it ready for the duct tape drags. And it's, you know, honestly nowhere near ready to race down the track. So they're doing some last minute trying to get it together to go to the track. And they plan on finishing it at the track. Um... So we end up crashing at Rubens that night to leave in the morning. And I, I warned everybody. I said, look, guys, I snore. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'll never admit to having sleep apnea, but I have sleep apnea. <laughs> um, and uh, I snored them out of that house. <laughs> and it was sad because Tall John, another good friend of mine. Uh, so make sure you go follow Tall John on YouTube. Tall John's Fun Shop is his channel. He is... You know, anybody that knows Tall John knows, and we call him Tall John because the guy's damn near seven feet tall, <laughs> but uh, anybody that knows Tall John knows that he is like an encyclopedia of cars. And, you know, he's a, he's one of those guys where if you have an issue, you know, he should be your first call. He knows that much. And um, I'm lucky I have guys like Tall John in my corner, <laughs> you know. He's a great friend of mine, and I know that if I had an issue, I could call him up, and he would probably help me out if he had the chance. Um, he's offered his help many times to me in the past. So, Tall John, if you're listening to this, thank you very much, buddy. You're a good friend, and I cherish our friendship. <laughs> um, but uh, we, I felt bad for Tall John because when we ended up getting to Tucson, our hotel, I was actually rooming with Tall John. And I told him, I was like, I just want to apologize ahead of time. I snore. <laughs> He's like, you know, don't worry about it. But now everybody, everybody in the world knows that I saw logs when I sleep. So I apologize to anybody that ever shares a room with me. <laughs> um, I'm working on it. I've actually, funny enough, I've started taping my mouth shut at night. And it actually helps, which is crazy because it's like, wow, you tape your mouth shut. Um, there's been a, a couple times where. I've ended up ripping the tape off in the middle of the night 
And one time I ripped the tape off in the middle of the night. I didn't even notice it until I got to work. I get to the work and I go to the bathroom and I look in the mirror and there's a tape mark <laughs> on my mouth. And I was like, oh my God, people are going to be like, what kind of kinky shit is this guy into? You know? Um, so it, it's kind of funny. Anyway, enough about my snoring. So we get up in the morning, go eat some breakfast and we head out to the duct tape drags. As we're going out, the weather's great, but there are some dark clouds looming in the distance, okay? Which, you know, anybody that's a fan of drag racing or car events in general, you know, when you look and see the great weather and then you look in the distance and you, you see the clouds, you're like, you stay the hell over there and don't ruin my day. So one little fun aspect of this whole trip was that I had planned to surprise Johnny Mopar very good friend of mine. He was having a rematch with Jeremy from Sword of Stock Mopars. I don't know if you guys remember, but Jeremy and Johnny had a $3,000 hoopty challenge in which Johnny lost and Dorothy, his four-door Belvedere, um, did not make a good pass. So duct tape was where they were going to rematch. So I was really excited to watch this rematch in person and see what was going to play out because everything that Johnny and I had talked about and that I had heard from Jeremy, it sounded like the race was going to be really close so long as the cars did their job. Right. But I told Johnny, cause for the longest time, you know, going to no name nationals, Johnny, I, I tried to get him to go, which is funny because he kept denying it and I didn't even end up going. So thank God I didn't get him to commit to that event. But um, he had always told me, dude, you should go to the duct tape drags. You should go to the duct tape drags. And he kept telling me how cool it was. And same with Ruben. So the whole time I had pretended like I wasn't going to the duct tape drags. I wasn't going to the No Name Nationals. I wasn't going to make it to duct tape drags. And I just kept playing it up with Johnny. Like, man, I really wish I could go. <laughs> and so he had no idea I was going to be there. So we get to the track and we see Johnny Mopar and I'm like, Oh shit, Ruben, let me out of the truck because we had tried to plan out how I was going to make this surprise for Johnny. And we opted for me getting out, running over to his car, getting in his car, getting into Dorothy, and then having somebody go, Hey, Johnny, there's some weird brown guy in your car. <laughs> and then having Johnny go, What? And then boom, there's Chris from Talking Mopars chilling in his car. Um, big surprise, right? So we get to the track, we see Johnny Mopar. I tell Ruben, Stop, let me out. So he lets me out. And I walk around and I'm, I'm not wearing, usually when you catch me at an event, I'll be wearing a Talking Mopar shirt and a Talking Mopar's hat. Um, I was wearing my Talking Mopar's hat, but I did not have a Talking Mopar shirt on. So I was hoping he wasn't going to recognize me like in the distance or something and catch a glimpse of me. But he was none the wiser. So I was able to sneak over, get in his car. And Jeremy from Sort of Stock Mopar's was there and he saw me and I was like, what's up, dude? Hey, I'm going to surprise Johnny Mopar. Tell him that some weird brown guy's in his car. So I get in his car. Jeremy tells Johnny, hey, man, there's some weird guy in your car. And Johnny looks over and he sees me in the car. But the glare from the windshield, you couldn't really tell it was me. He actually thought it was Reuben. <laughs> so he walks over, walks over. And uh, he's kind of looking like, what's going on here? And I could tell he was like, what's, what the hell's going on? And then I pop my head out and I go, hey, man, what's up with this car? 
And he's like, oh, so it was fun surprising Johnny Mopar. And if you don't subscribe to Johnny Mopar on YouTube, do yourself a favor, subscribe to Johnny Mopar. Um, and uh, Jeremy from Sword of Stock Mopars, subscribe to Sword of Stock Mopars as well. Um, it's like all my friends have YouTube channels, you know. <laughs> so we surprised Johnny Mopar. He's getting Dorothy ready for tech. And uh, we're all getting set up for our little pit area with the two Roadrunners. So... Um, you know, we walk around, take a look at things. It, there's a lot of people at this event. And then, uh, we decided to go get some, some food to bring back to have like a little barbecue type thing at the track. And we get over to Walmart and it starts pissing rain. Uh, I'm from Seattle guys, uh, for those of you that don't know. So I'm used to rain. This was a monsoon. It was so bad that when we were trying to walk out of the Walmart, we opted to just stay in that area where the carts are held because it was pouring so hard. We would have been soaked. Our food would have been soaked. It would have been awful. And uh, so we're like, shit, it is dumping rain. And what ended up happening was they shut down racing for the day. So Saturday was a bust, which sucked on one hand, but a lot of people got through tech and, uh, we, we were just having a good time, even with the racing canceled. It was a bummer, but I still managed to have an amazing time at the duct tape drags for that Friday. Um, later in the night, we had a bonfire party, and we're all around the bonfire, you know, fry burgers out there, and every a lot of people, I, I can't even count how many people were hanging out at the bonfire, just shooting the shit, talking cars. It was a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, we're sitting at the bonfire, just having a good time. And somebody comes up to me and says, Hey, are you Chris from talking Mopars, right? And it ended up being Vanessa from Wildcat Mopars. Wildcat is a wrecking yard that's Mopar only from Sandy, Oregon. And they're pretty well known. Um, you know, they've been on graveyard cars. Um, I believe, uh, either roadkill or roadkill garage or whatever. Um, but they're really well known in the Mopar community for being, um, basically the best Mopar wrecking yard on the West coast. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, I, I consider wildcat the best. Um, and you can go check them out at wildcatmopars.com. But, uh, it was Vanessa from wildcat. So I ended up talking to her and then we went and talked, uh, to a couple of her friends. So, Shout out to Emily from Car Crush. That's a podcast uh, that features females that are in the automotive industry. So if you're into that kind of thing, and I am, um, go check out Emily's podcast, Car Crush. Uh, that's C-A-R-K-R-U-S-H. Um, so I ended up meeting her. And then we also ended up hanging out and having some beers with Matt from Rolling Heavy Magazine. If you don't know Rolling Heavy Magazine, that's like one of two custom van magazines in existence along with C custom vanner magazine uh rolling heavy is like you know the only other one so matt was really cool um his girlfriend nicole uh i actually knew her from instagram um because she's also a vanner chick so super cool she's like she's into vintage clothing and stuff so it was really cool hanging out with those guys um having beers and just you know talking podcasting and cars and vans. Um, 
I don't know. It's one of those things where when you meet other Vanners, it's really fun to talk Vans. <laughs> so shout out to Vanessa. Shout out to Emily. Shout out to Nicole. And shout out to Matt. Really good time hanging out with those guys. And everybody else in general was, you know, for being rained out, you know, I really wasn't that bummed out. <laughs> I still had a great time. So Saturday comes along and we did get a little bit of rain on Saturday, but for the most part, racing was on and they did the, <laughs> the beater, the, the beater, um, racing event, um, in which Johnny Mopar participated and a bunch of other guys. It's like a $3,000 hoopty challenge basically is what it is. And, uh, you get in by running your car to the front of the crowd and basically Dulcich and Freiburger determine whether your car meets the criteria of the $3,000 hoopty beater showdown, whatever you want to call it. Um, lots of fun watching, uh, that happen and then getting to watch the racing and Chris bird song, um, where if you don't follow him, you can find him up at uh junker up. Um, he's on YouTube as well. Uh, he brought a retired NASCAR <laughs> to drag race. And the thing was running 12 second quarter mile times. I think it's best was like 1199 at like 124, 125 miles an hour, something like that. It was crazy to see a NASCAR run down the quarter mile because they have zero low end. So when he launches this thing, it's a dog, but they rev so high, you know, it starts flying at about 300 feet. And the thing just, it, it was crazy to watch, but a ton of cars at this event. It was really cool seeing all the beaters. Uh, as you guys know, I'm a fan of beaters with or without heaters. So seeing a lot of the cars there that were ratty Mopars, ratty Chevys, ratty Fords, um, a little bit of something for everybody, which was a lot of fun. And it was really cool to see all those people and all those different types of cars. And they had a burnout pit, which was a lot of fun to watch as, as well. Uh, anytime you get you know, a car show, drag racing, and a burnout pit, you know, it, the fun is going to be had. So we watched some cars just disintegrate their tires, which, you know, if you're a fan of cars, <laughs> it's always fun to watch somebody else beat the shit out of their car and blow their tires. So that was, that was a lot of fun. And a lot of the action was happening in our pits where they were still trying to get big Richard's Roadrunner up and going. And it turned out to be a crazy, crazy ordeal. Um, but uh, they didn't get Richard's Roadrunner running until Sunday night, well past tech. And it didn't get a chance to run down the track, but they did get it fired. And I got to see Tall John in action. Like I said, the guy is like a savant when it comes to cars. And every time I talk to Tall John, or this time hanging out with Tall John, I learned something. So it was it was a lot of fun um, watching those guys, you know, get down and get this car, you know, that when it showed up to the track, I think the realization was like, wow, there's a lot of work left to be done on the car. And man, they got it done. You know, it, it took a while, but they got it done. Unfortunately, it never got to make a pass. But the cool thing about the whole event was I did get to see Johnny Mopar and Jeremy from Soda Stock Mopar's run their cars. I got to see Johnny take the four-door Belvedere and pit it against the Dodge Dart convertible of Jeremy from sort of stock Mopars. And the race was so close. 
um, <laughs> you're talking about. So Johnny dialed in or, or had his first test run, and I think he ran like a 15-1. Jeremy hit a 15 flat, right, or a 15-0. And then when they actually raced, it was funny because we were joking beforehand saying, what if you guys broke the 14s and you guys were, you know, dead even? And what ended up happening was Johnny ran a 14-9 and Jeremy ran a 14-8. It was an awesome race. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, you got to you got to have a fast car or whatever. And uh, I just like seeing competitive racing. I think it's a lot of fun. And watching those cars compete was a blast. Um, the fact that they were so close, it was a hell of a drag race. Really fun to watch. And I'm glad I'm glad I got to see it firsthand, you know, because I really did want to go and fly down to Barona when they raced the first time so I could see them run. But I didn't get that chance. So I was a little bummed out, but they had the rematch at duct tape and I could make it happen. So I thought I, I thought I made the right call and cause you know, I could have saved the 250 bucks plus, you know, the hotel room and all the food and all that stuff and just not gone. But I'm really glad I went. In fact, duct tape has become an event that I really want to get to again. And I'd really like to make it my second West coast event that I go to. Um, I consider Arizona West coast. Um, the other West coast event that I will never miss as long as it is around is muscle cars at the strip, which is coming back in March. And that's the next event that I'm going to be at. Hopefully I can get a lot of my friends there. That would be a lot of fun because anytime you get to go to Vegas and participate in some, you know, in any kind of car event, um, is a lot of fun from what I've experienced. So because muscle cars at the strip is so fun for me, it's an event that I, I will never miss now because I missed it when it was Mopars at the Strip. And um, it's probably one of my biggest regrets not making it down to that event when it was Mopars at the Strip, because it's legendary. Um, but Muscle Cars at the Strip, going strong, and uh, I'll be there in March. But aside from Muscle Cars at the Strip, Duct Tape was a great event, and I really plan on going again next year. So I think the three events that I'll definitely make it to next year um, springtime will be muscle cars at the strip. And then probably around September, Holly's Mo party. I'm definitely going to that. I, I hope to make that a yearly event. And then now duct tape. So <clears throat> definitely a lot of fun. And everything that Ruben and Johnny told me about duct tape was true. So I'm really excited about next year. Maybe I'll be able to bring something down. I would love to bring the van down or my Roadrunner. I've been making some progress on both of those. So more on that to come. Uh, a lot of the content that I get from those projects are probably going to be on YouTube because I'm trying to build my YouTube channel. So if you're listening to this show right now and you don't subscribe to my channel on YouTube, please go find Talking Mopars Podcast on YouTube and subscribe. I'm trying to get to a thousand subscribers. I'm like 200 and we'll call it less than 300 away. So hopefully I can get there. Um, I do have some dumpster fire content when I still had that car on there of me cleaning up the car and stuff. But uh, I definitely want to document the rest of my van build and the Roadrunner build on my YouTube channel. There will be some Facebook content. And of course, I'll be talking about it on the show, but we're talking about those projects on the show. But uh, 
you know, everybody loves video content. So I'm going to try to produce some more video content. Um, speaking of which, if you're a subscriber to Talking Mopars, don't worry, the rest of the content is coming. I'm going to be caught up before the end of the year. And I'm having a, <laughs> I'm having a problem with Facebook right now where they're not paying me the money they owe me because there's some sort of problem with my tax information, um, which is weird. So they've got like $3,000 of my money right now, um, just held up and they're not paying it out. And I'm having a really hard time talking to a real human <laughs> on, uh, their support. So, uh, finally I get a hold of a real person and it's all in broken English. So I'm assuming that it's somebody from India or something. So trying to get this problem ironed out. I've been working on it for over a month now and I, I can't get it figured out, but I need that money to make these trips possible. So hopefully I get that ironed out and I can make it to muscle cars at the strip in March. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, duct tape drags. What a, what a lot, man, what an event, lots of fun. And I can't wait to go back. Um, so we end up leaving on Sunday morning and we're about, I don't know, 70, maybe 60 miles outside of Phoenix. And we're running it pretty close to me getting to the airport on time for my flight. And we get a call from Johnny Mopar. Johnny Mopar is on Interstate 8, right? Heading into Southern California. And in the middle of the desert, he blew a trailer tire. Okay. He puts his spare trailer tire on and blows that too. So he calls us and says, hey guys, I need some help. So of course, me, Ruben, and Tall John, we beeline it for the nearest tractor supply, and we get him a trailer tire and wheel, and we thought we had the right bolt pattern, and we get out there, and it's not the right bolt pattern. So we were no help at all <laughs> for Johnny. Um, thankfully, he was able to limp the trailer into the next town and get a tire store to change his tires for him. So that was a crisis averted, but, uh, I barely made my flight. And what was funny about it was I, I, I'm walking to my gate and I had a little bit of time to kill and I was really hungry. So I ended up turning around and walking over to the Shake Shack and I get over to the Shake Shack and I'm standing in line and I see this really boisterous guy. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, I wouldn't call it causing a scene, but he's being really funny and being real personable with some people in line. And uh, he was wearing a SRT Hellcat shirt. So he walked after he was done doing his little performance. <laughs> he walked by me and I said, hey, man, Mopar, no car. And uh, he stopped to talk to me for a minute. And something about him was recognizable to me. I felt like I knew him. Right. And he's telling me that he just got done at Radford Racing School which is the school where if you own an SRT car, like a Hellcat, you can go there and take their performance class and learn how to really drive those cars. And he was telling me that it was a lot of fun. And I was like, oh man, that's really cool. And uh, as he was walking away, I was like, well, I guess I better tell this guy about my podcast, right? So I say, hey man, um, I have a podcast called Talking Mopars and uh, you should check it out. And he stopped and he gave me this weird look and he goes, you know who I am? And then I realized it's Artie Shaw, <laughs> previous guest on the show, one of the finalists for the Chief Donut Maker Contest from Dodge. And uh, yeah, so that was really fun running into Artie. And he just, I didn't, I didn't really recognize him, but I recognized him. You know what I mean? It's like, I know this guy from somewhere, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. And then of course, he, he asked me, do you know who I am? And I'm like, Artie Shaw. Yeah. Okay. 
So it was crazy that I ran into him, you know, what a small world. So we took some pictures and, um, you know, talked a little bit and we're going to get him back on the show to talk about electrification because me and him, I think are on two sides, <clears throat> two different sides of the coin when it comes to Mopar and, um, their electrification. So that'll be a lot of fun. Plus I want to hear about the Radford racing school. Cause I really want to go check it out and I really want to do it. So I want to ask about his experience and stuff. So we'll get Artie Shaw back on the show. Um, <laughs> a lot of people, <laughs> when Artie came on the show, Artie is a very, very outspoken individual. He's very, um, he just has a presence about him and he's full of energy and he, I'm, I'm telling you right now, he's not just doing that for the cameras. That is this man. <laughs> That's how he is. And, uh, he's a super nice guy. Um, some people, I understand that guys like Artie are just too much for him. And I get it. You know, I, I'm a person who's plagued with anxiety and Artie was giving me some anxiety on that show. But as the show went on and I kept talking to him, you know, I, I figured out, you know, the kind of person he is. And then meeting him in person, I realized, oh yeah, he's just, he's just that guy, you know, and I have no problems with people like Artie and I think they're really fun to talk to. Um, <clears throat> so we're going to get him back on the show. It'll just be me and him. So we'll give Artie the chance to just run wild and tell us about how he feels about the new Charger Daytona, the electric Charger Daytona and his experience at Radford. So that'll be a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, every time I get home from one of these trips, I get a little depressed because I have so much fun going to these events and meeting people. And it was funny because Ruben and I signed our first autographs. <laughs> you know, the only other time I've ever written my signature down on something was for Johnny Mopar. And it was actually a valve cover that he used as um, the trophy for the first uh, little challenge between him and Jeremy from sort of stock Mopars. I signed his valve cover and he had a bunch of people sign the valve cover as like a, uh, like I said, a trophy. And Jeremy now owns that valve cover. But um, <laughs> so th this guy comes up and has Ruben and I sign his uh, glove box for his Dodge Dart, which I thought was really cool. So shout out to Sean for giving Ruben and I the opportunity to sign your glove box alongside some really well-known individuals in the automotive industry. Um, that was really cool, man. So I, I was honored. I know Ruben was honored. Um, lots of fun. And I can't wait to see your car and see that glove box in it. Um, so yeah, man, it was just a lot of fun and I can't wait to go back. And like I said, the depression always hits when I get home because I'm like, man, I wish I could just do that for a living. And just, you know, get on planes or get in my Mopars and go to these events and just cover them and meet people and have a great time. And that's exactly what happened at the Duct Tape Drags 2022. Like I said, the next event I'm going to is going to be Muscle Cars at the Strip in March. I've already scheduled the vacation time off, so I'm 100% going to make it down there. Um, and the only other thing I've got going on between then and now is actually this upcoming weekend. I'm going to go do some really fun stuff and I'll be covering that. Um, so look out, uh, possibly Friday night or Saturday morning. Uh, I'll be going live to talk about my weekend and what I'm going to do. So look forward to those videos, but I think that's it for this episode. I just wanted to give you guys a quick rundown of the duct tape drags and, um, 
we'll be uh, we'll be getting some more content this weekend. That's going to be a lot of fun. And for those of you that are subscribed, the content is coming. The bonus content is coming. It's on the way. And we will talk to you guys very, very soon. Thanks for listening. No Mopar left behind. There you have it, my friends. Another episode of Talking Mopars is in the books. For everything you need to know about this show, you know where to go, TalkingMopars.com. And you can reach me by emailing Chris at TalkingMopars.com or by leaving me a voicemail on my voicemail box at 209-28-MOPAR and you just might get to hear yourself on the show. So keep sharing those Mopar stories with me and anything else that is on your Mopar addicted mind. Special thanks to my friends at DIYHemi.com. For those of you that don't know, Blake has rebranded DIY Hemi, so although the website is still DIYHemi.com, DIY Hemi is now Sublime Technologies. So if you've been considering swapping a modern Gen 3 Hemi into your classic Mopar, then reach out to Sublime Technologies, get a hold of Blake, and tell them that I sent you. Blake has supported me from the beginning of this show, and I also support him in his mission to Hemi-swap the world. Also, don't forget how important it is to keep your Mopar protected from the elements. If you need protection, don't wait. Head on over to TalkingMopars.com, click on the Affiliates tab, and go get your Mopar covered today. Before we shut this podcast episode down, if you want some Talking Mopars merchandise like t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, and more, check out the merch shop on TalkingMopars.com. I am working on some new merch. I said that on the last show, and I am going to let you guys know when that new gear is available. One final thing, if you'd like exclusive bonus episodes of the podcast as well as exclusive bonus videos, they are available only to my Facebook subscribers. Become a Facebook supporter today and get immediate access to those benefits as well as a monthly supporter giveaway. You can do all that by going to Talking Mopar's podcast on Facebook and clicking the subscribe button. That's it, my friends. Until we talk again, I am your host, Chris Albrecht, and that was Talking Mopar's. Thank you for listening to Talking Mopars, your direct connection to all things Mopar. Until next time, remember, no Mopar left behind.